0: I am for Type 40, your Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook for the Fandom Podcast Network with me, Dan Hadley, Birmingham's king of the geeks, and your designated driver. Now, whether you're completely new to the show, our entire time stream, or you've been here before, you'll find an eclectic, eccentric, free speaking, and big thinking show for everyone. Whatever decade or century you started watching, reading, or listening along, to the adventures of our hero, Doctor Who. We chat about it all on this show, all views are encouraged, and there may even be a couple of laughs along the way, more by the week, lately, I think. So come and step into our TARDIS, share this journey together here with us on Type 40. And yeah, it's a return to the the present day, this time on the show, the news that uh, I am certainly still trying to take in, that broke a couple of weeks ago. It uh, left us rocked to, the, uh, to our very uh, socks, didn't it? Our Doctor Who <laughs> socks and pants. With that incredible news, Russell T. Davis was returning to the show after a 12-year gap. I think some of us are worried. Most of us are excited, cautiously excited. But all of us are absolutely ravenous to hear more as soon as possible. They're going to keep us waiting, I suspect, for all of that. But it's not going to stop us from gassing on and on about it, is it? From digging deeper, from speculating more, and imagining, and getting together to chat about whatever it is that all new Doctor Who could end up being. So this time on the show, we're going to bring in Two voices that didn't get a chance to speak on the last show that we made. They're a pair of interdimensional guardians in their own right. Two of Type 40's most frequent co-hosts, in fact. They're together again, but for the very first time. I'll let them decide between them. Who is the black and who is the white guardian? It's uh, Kyle Wagner and Simon Horton. Gentlemen. (laughs)
1: Gentlemen. so I think I'm probably definitely Black Guardian on this particular show. I'm going to be viewed as the Black Guardian for reasons that become uh, apparent. Is that, <laughs> is that a spoiler? <laughs> could be. Could be. Read into that what you want. Kyle, great. I, I
0: just want to know
2: how, well, how I woke up and we were back in 2005.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we always know
0: that. <laughs> hey, wibbly wobbly, you know what. <laughs> so, yeah, first of all, Kyle, congratulations. Is in order yourself and Kevin Reitzel, you've just backed up two hundred episodes of Culture Clash, haven't you?
2: Uh yeah, two hundred episodes of Culture Clash and probably two thousand podcasts all together on the Fandom Podcast Network, or that's what it feels like you know, in it. Right?
0: <laughs> so Culture Clash is more your sort of your general <laughs> sci-fi and geek culture podcast, isn't it? Covering the entire length of bread and breadth of all the multiverses.
2: Yeah, we we try to keep everybody updated with Fandom News. We throw in some reviews in there with our Buy It, Stream It, or Unsee It review section. Um, th- we also try to do some fun with some segments, kind of focusing on different things for our 200th episode, which is now on our YouTube channel. We did actually a couple of segments we did one we started a new segment we call the timeline where we focus on either a director or an actor or somebody within the fandom and kind of just look at their career throughout talk about what their high point was what maybe their low point and their contribution and we we just started this our first one was we covered was right after the death of richard donner so we focused on the career of richard donner then we probably took the man who might be the biggest man in hollywood right now quite literally, in Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then for this special 200th episode of Culture Clash, we wanted to get our first actress in, and truthfully, we felt there was nobody better than the one and only Sigourney Weaver. So we kept focused on the timeline of Sigourney Weaver. Then we also threw in, because it was the 200th episode in five years since we had started Culture Clash, We have a section we like to call the Magic Eight Ball where the Eight Ball asks us a question. And this question was, what was the biggest, what are the biggest things in fandom over the, over the lifespan so far of Culture Clash? So things included in that were obviously um, the return of Star Trek to television, uh, the Star Wars trilogy, and then the Streaming Wars as well as COVID-19's effect, whether we like to admit it or not, it's had a major effect on fandom, Uh, several other things, but we just celebrated our 200th episode and...
0: (laughs) Well, I love how you (laughs) innovate with the format on that show. It It keeps it fresh keeps it entertaining and yeah you're right you have sort of navigated all those big things so much has happened in the last five years in geek culture and you've you've covered it all beautifully so i recommend everybody goes and checks out culture clash on the fandom podcast network's master feed there'll be a link to that in the description of the video and the show notes of the podcast of course there will simon what's going on with the blu-ray range and doctor who we're still waiting still no confirmation of the next blu-ray collection what's going on (laughs)
1: I don't know. Uh, I mean, previously, obviously, it's been blamed on COVID, quite understandably. Yeah, it's it's odd. It, it, it because everybody is talking about what they're confident the next you think box we know what going. It is. Yeah, everybody's saying what, well, and, I, and I guess I won't say here in case we're not supposed to know. But it seems to be very exactly our, our mouths are zipped. But it seems to be very very open secret. Everybody is talking about exactly the same season. Let's get it on, get on with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. So I know that the
0: pair of you, you were both um, caught up in this news when it broke, both messaging me. But neither of you could make that actual first show that we put out back then. We put it out live, actually, onto YouTube and then onto the podcasters within hours. But you guys couldn't make it. So that was the second coming that we talked about the Russell T Davies news first. But there are so many fresh takes on this entire subject, particularly when we look across to the Atlantic, Kyle, and what you may have to say about it. So I'm looking forward to hearing both of your views because I I know some of it, but not all of it. You know, we have spoken, but there is so, so much else to discover. And before we get too deep into that, though, I've got to remind you that if you'd like to do some real time traveling of your own. Each and every edition of this show, past, present and future, is just a tap or two away if you know where to, the look, to look on the device of your choice. Dozens of great conversations, reviews, previews, geek outs and a Blu-ray talk. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, if it's Doctor Who flavoured, we are are on it. There's something for every fan at type40.podbean.com. There'll be more about all of that a little later on, as well as a uh, connecting call with the uh, the matrix of all knowledge that we call the Fandom Podcast Network for a word about all the other cult conversations going on across the network over there. Okay, so without any further delay, let's get straight back to the headlines and the coalface, everybody, and see what you guys think about the return Return of the King, yeah. Okay, yes, so on Friday the 24th of September 2021, the news came from the BBC that uh, I don't think any of us expected. I was certainly off. I was offline completely, had no idea what was going on until Sarah got in touch with me and said by text, she said, you need to see the Doctor Who news. Yeah, did I ever, did I ever see. So uh, here it is from the BBC. The official line was that Russell T. Davies will make his explosive return to screens to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who in 2023 and series beyond. BBC Studios are partnering with Bad Wolf Studios to produce the series. Multi-award winning Russell T. Davies will take control of the TARDIS once, once more as the next Doctor Who showrunner succeeding chris chibnall who departs next year russell was responsible for the revival of doctor who in 2005 and credited with propelling the show into a global phenomena making it one of tv's biggest hits certainly sums it up doesn't it kyle i'm still on a high i've got to be honest i'm still i'm still ecstatic about this news but i i know that russell t davis isn't as big a figure as known a name over in the states as he is here kyle so i think my first question has to be to you where were you when you first heard the news and what were your initial thoughts what was going through your head uh, i woke up
2: flipped on my social media and was like oh really okay then, this this news hit basically in the middle of the night in the United States, and so the first thing I did was I um, sent a message to Mr. Hadley, who of course was in his offline stage, I've tried to teach him, if he's going to run a podcast, you're never offline that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's learned that lesson finally um, I reached out to some people in the Type 40 group, and they've all, they confirmed it then the BBC confirmed it, and then I was just I was happy because we're getting somebody who I think understands Doctor Who infinitely better than what the current regime had had. And, but I was also kind of taken aback because we've been through this whole era of Chibnall and yes, other fans who love Chibnall and I've loved Jodie Whittaker's run and all the more power to them. But for the most part, it has not been very well received. A lot of people have not enjoyed it. There's been issues, but to me, this felt like the BBC or whoever, powers that be and i think there's more involved in the bbc here but well and i'll talk about that later in the when we talk but it felt like i can understand where people feel like it's a step backwards but sometimes in life we get into such a hole that the only way out is to take a step backwards before we can take two steps forwards and i felt like the doctor who ship was like the titanic it's been taking on so much water that right now there's like we need to go with somebody who who knows that engine knows no no knows how to get the pumps going and get the water off the deck right at least right the ship before we can hand over the keys to somebody new new again and i think bringing in russell t davis gives i think it gives a sense of confidence to a lot of doctor who fans it's kind of like linus's blanket you, you know <laughs> he, he, it's that it, it's that piece of comfort and i mean let's be honest for a lot of people he he was responsible for the defining run of
0: doctor who yeah, certainly in the UK, that's, that's very much the case. Although Steven Moffat has written more Doctor Who than anybody else, both in the new and the classic series, I think no one understands Doctor Who better. Russell T Davis we had if I like I said I was offline naughty naughty and if I'd have been paying attention I'd have seen this from Russell over on Instagram where he teased the fact that there was news coming that afternoon with a uh, a little picture a cartoon of himself on gallifrey news coming at 3: 15 and a credit to the artist, so he was being playful and teasing what was what was coming later. But Friday was a, a really strange time, Friday afternoon, UK time, really strange time to make an announcement like, like this. Actually, it's, it's a strange time for the BBC to announce anything, isn't it, Simon? But where were you when you heard the news, and, and what were your initial thoughts?
1: Um, well, I was just here at home, working away, sitting in front of my computer, as I am now, working. And uh, I actually, I got ticked the wink about 15 minutes or so before it went live on social oh. media. I got an email from, uh, from somebody. Uh, well, actually, the, the, they didn't say what the news was in the email. They just sent an email with the link that was supposed to send me to the the the, the news report, the press release. Yeah, but instead, it, they, it, they put the wrong link in the... So, so to begin with, I'm getting, I think that the, the heading in the email was, you know, major Doctor Who news. And I'm like, whoa, what's happened? Click on the link. And I got sent to something like Strictly Come Dancing story or something or other. Oh, no. no. <laughs> so it was really frustrating. Anyway, a couple of minutes later, they then sensed the correct link. And my initial reaction, I have to be honest, was okay, Mayor. Um, uh, I, I had zero reaction in all honesty. I'm, my, I'm so numbed, to be honest, to Doctor Who these days um, because of the current stage of the show. I, I just thought. Okay, right, fine, whatever. Um, then, of course, it started actually hitting social media, and suddenly my computer is going, bing, 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 and I'm like, stop it, stop it. I'm trying to work. It's Friday afternoon. I've still got stuff to do. Go away, go away. And it just went nuts. It went nuts as, uh, uh, for, for, for the next few hours. This was the most important thing that seemed to be happening in the whole world to everybody was Russell T. Davis is coming back. Um, and, and I must be honest, as time went on, my mayor reaction went to a big thumbs down. A big, that's why I'm saying I will be absolutely seen as the Black Guardian in this because I'm one. I think I'm the only person actually in the whole world I know that really couldn't be looking forward to this less. This is just the worst of all worlds. For Even
0: me. in light of the fact of what Kyle's just said, the fact that the series at the moment, under Chris Chibnall, is, in my
1: view, next to unwatchable.
0: Wouldn't, isn't it a fair comment to say that things can only get better?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But this isn't the way to do them, in my yeah. opinion. Yes, as I have said on numerous occasions, Doctor Who is literally, well, it, it is literally unwatchable for me in that I no longer watch it. So it is unwatchable. So, yeah, things can only get better. But as I say, this, for me, is not the way to do it. I would still have done what i hoping they would do all along which is just simply rest it for a few years let it get itself back on track uh, and get sorted and and then relaunch with a new series to me this is the worst thing is to just keep on plowing on it's like this juggernaut that is careering downhill what are we going to do oh i don't know just throw russell into the driving seat and pray that he manages to slam the brakes on before it hits the wall and so it still feels you know desperate to me how long a rest
0: would be advisable though i mean this new material that will begin with the 60th anniversary special and then into subsequent series that's probably not going to start filming for another 18 months or so leaving you know quite a big gap in between something actually being put together do you see what simon's saying there kyle i mean i think that this is a, actually quite a healthy enough gap in between production blocks it's almost unheard of for for a show Without it actually being actively proper cancelled, but what's your take?
2: I, I I cannot actually understand where Simon is coming from with the idea of Doctor Who needed a rest. That maybe it just needed to go away for a while. Maybe people need need to understand what they were missing with it. But there's a flip side to that coin because of the world we live in today. One, I think Russell was brought in Because it is the 60th anniversary coming up They they cannot have not have Doctor Who on TV When you're coming close to the 60th anniversary I think that's that's a big thing And I think having bringing in Russell For the 60th anniversary Is a way of protecting themselves a little bit At least they're working with somebody Who is liked and known And you've got that quantity to it The other aspect of it is taking a rest Considering all the delays we've already had From things from COVID And and in the world today where we are constantly getting blasted through so many different mediums of streaming apps and television and everything like that with new science fiction content that we never thought we would see. For example, I never thought we would see Isaac Asimov's foundation made finally made into either a movie or TV show. And yet here we have it on Apple Plus on TV. There's constantly new things hitting us in science fiction. I think... And a great test of this is actually going to be a show we do. We actually do a podcast on here on the Fandom Podcast Network. What is the Orville? It has been off TV for almost two and a half years now and is now coming back in six more months on Hulu. But are people going to even remember it? And I understand Doctor Who is much bigger than the Orville.
0: Doctor Who is a tentpole franchise. It's a relevant uh, comparison because Doctor Who is going to be largely off for a regular series will be off for two i reckon it will be two and a half years and they're spacing these couple of final chibnall specials out so there'll be one there's rumored to be one coming at easter and then a final one the centenary special which is airing next october but after that there's going to be a clear year plus with no doctor who on tv at all
2: in a way they're being smart about it because Th- they're keeping themselves in the news cycle, and here's how they're doing it: They haven't named a new doctor yet. I don't think they're in any rush to name a new doctor, no. new doctor yet, and that's going to keep them in the news cycle because everybody's going to be anticipating the announcement of a new doctor. If they, depending on how they time this, they can keep themselves in the news, and that's just as important. But again, it's easy to get lost in all the minutiae of everything that's coming out and being dumped on us these
1: days. But, but I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. If we're talking... Uh, have I got my timelines entirely wrong here? If we're talking the final Chibnall Whittaker episode goes out this time next year, October 2022... Yeah. Well, the anniversary starts just a couple of months later
0: the, well, the special well, won't air until the november of, the, of 2023 so it is a year and a month later
1: well hold on what special are we talking the one that russell t Dose is doing is that one yeah, yeah. Having...
0: so so you've got the centenary special next october october 2022 and then november yeah. 2023 you've got russell's 60th anniversary special. So that's well over a year but well, have
1: they okay well maybe i'm missing something there have they actually said after the October 2022 episode, the next episode will be yes. an yes. anniversary special in November 2023 and nothing before. Is that what yes. they said? Yes. OK, right. OK, fair enough. My, my take on it is still, it's not, we're not actually taking a break. When I say take a break, I mean it takes a break. It goes away. It hasn't gone away. We've been told already now that it's going to be back in 2023 under Russell T Davis. So, as Carlos has just said quite correctly, we're all going to be talking about it. The media is going to be talking about it. And my point is, I don't want the media to talk about it because I want the appetite to get back again, the same as it was in 2005 when it came back. See, and so while we're all talking about it and we know what form it's coming back in, there's not, there's very little to look forward to. There's, there's very little appetite to be built up of all we want Doctor Who back. And so for the public, it's just more of the same. All oh, right, Doctor Who, that program that we stopped watching about two years ago because it's rubbish. <laughs> oh, they're still dragging it out. Oh, now they've dragged RTD back. Oh. So from the public's point of view, it hasn't gone away. And so it won't it won't wet their appetite to, to, to come back.
2: But the problem is, is I don't think the attention span of the current public allows you to take a rest because it's not that you you wet your appetite wanting Doctor Who back. It's otherwise, like otherwise, okay, Kyle. I think there's the there's, some, there's something died, else. To, died, don't they? Yeah, they, 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 there's something don't, else
1: to fill that fill fill you on that buffet. I don't agree because I think you're correct, Kyle. You're absolutely right. But I honestly think that if you took two or three years break and you've a proper proper break, nobody talks about Doctor Who, and then in a few years time you actually come back with a bang with a brand new doctor a brand new look are you really are we really thinking that the public won't be interested in exactly the same way they were in 2005 remember how many years the show had been gone in 2005 and i know the landscape of tv has changed since then but i don't think that actually makes any difference to to the public public were desperate for Doctor Who to come back in 2005. It was almost a guaranteed hit before it even started simply because the public were so desperate to see it back. And I think they would be again, but they're not going to be desperate to see it back with more of the same under Russell T Davies, is my personal take. Here's the issue.
2: Nothing can take a complete break anymore because of the fact that you can go and access Doctor Huth- old episodes through streaming people are constantly reliving that reliving that and in social in the days of social media which we weren't this there in 2005 people are constantly going to be talking about doctor who whether it's they're talking about their favorite episode there's not going to be that break where it's like there's no. nothing there there's no no the, the only way you talk about it is through some ma- fan mags or conventions there's going
0: to be constant 24 7 conversation about doctor who so there's not going to be that and because there are brand managers that, that handle things like the official Twitter account, the official Facebook account, the YouTube channel, all that contributes to, into a kind of, I can understand Simon's frustration with this. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is better, but it probably is or part of something much bigger and organic.
1: I'll tell you what I would have done, in all honesty, having now thought about it, I, as I've said, I wouldn't bring Russell T Davis back a period that's it i'm done and I'll, and I'll give my reasons as to why um but given the news that he is coming back i would have brought russell t davis back for one year only the 60th anniversary the year and i would have made clear russell t davis is coming back for one year only for the 60th year to celebrate the 60th anniversary of doctor who and to be honest i wouldn't have knocked that i would have been the first one to say yeah fair enough if we're going to celebrate the 60th anniversary." rtd is about the best person to do that i would have i would have completely conceded to that so i would have made clear that he's coming back specifically to not to take over not to bail out the sinking ship because that's what yeah. this looks like to yeah. the public this looks like bailing out the sinking. Ship. oh yeah no don't so be in any bail-out. doubt if there's anybody out there who is in any doubt
0: now by the way that this is anything less than a massive salvage job on correct this, on this dying series you are living correct. in cloud cuckoo
1: and that's why I think by doing it the way they've done it, by saying Russell T Davis is there for, we don't actually know how long, however many years it takes to basically re, re, refloat the Titanic, as Kyle says.
0: As soon as they use that term showrunner, uh, Simon...
1: We're we're basically admitting that we're having to replace the existing showrunner run with, run with, a, run with run a proven track record. track record. So as I say, I think there, there there are two ways they could have gone. They've gone the one way. I would have gone with the way of saying, we're bringing back such a popular guy that brought it back in 2005. He's going to be at the helm to celebrate the 60th year. What I would then have done, and this is me being complete geek fan, but I think the public would have loved this. What I would have done... Is I would have done standalone episodes with each of the existing Doctors. They would I would have done what they should have done, maybe in the fiftieth anniversary, which is which is uh, and, and Stephen Moffat messed up royally, as far as I'm concerned, by doing standalone specials for each of the surviving Doctors. Forty five minutes. That's all. That's all I'd do. You imagine, you know, a Tom Baker episode, a Peter Davison episode, a David Tennant episode. Chris Rycroftson probably wouldn't come back. And and I would have done specials, I'd have done half a dozen special episodes to celebrate, six episodes to celebrate six decades of the show, bring back six of uh, of the doctors in standalone episodes. And that would have been the perfect celebration of the 60th year to me, in the next year, I would have given it to a brand new showrunner with a brand new Doctor to kick off an entirely new 70th, de- uh, 70th decade. To that's what a line, I wanted
0: To draw a line
1: well, there. Draw a line.
2: But, but, uh, but here's, the, here's the problem, gentlemen. We're talking about the BBC. The BBC never has a plan.
0: Well, that's
1: the problem. <laughs> You're right. <laughs>
2: they could so, still do that. I, I just wanted to throw in one other thing, because I do think with this Russell T. Davies decision, there is another factor in that. A lot of people right now aren't necessarily talking about. I think another reason why he was brought in, not just to write the ship, is to get back the dinghy that is the United States that has completely cut itself yes. off from the ship. Yes. Because the, it's it. People don't care about Doctor Who in the U.S. anymore compared to what it was when Tennant and Matt Smith were in their runs. There was a big excitement for Jody when it was first announced, and then Fell nothing. Off a cliff. Dude. And it fell off a cliff, and I know, for instance, HBO is not real thrilled about how it's gone because they paid a lot of money yeah. to have Doctor Who streaming for HBO Max. Then they weren't necessarily thrilled with the BBC putting all the classic on BritBox yeah. in a, in a um, competitive move. And you add in the fact that now you have new ownership with HBO because of the Time Warner sale that's pending. You have a lot of things in the mix. Bringing in Russell T. Davies also gives somebody that the American audience of Doctor Who knows and recognizes. Yeah, And it's like, wait, wait, at least all of a sudden the radar is detecting. There's been a signal flare shot up and people are at least going, whoa, what's happening here? And I do think that the BBC realizes how much money they were losing by losing the American audience. Well, yeah. It um, has to have done. And
1: B- have BBC have America was very, very, very reliant on, on Doctor Who working. And what I think is interesting about all of this is the timing of this. The timing is really, really interesting, because as we've already talked about, in our opinion, the, the show has died under Chibnall and Whitaker. And certainly you're, it's the same here, Kyle, in the UK. Nobody really is interested in Doctor Who. And what's really interesting about this timing it completely undermines chibnall and whitaker's last series because suddenly nobody actually gives a stuff about the final series of jodie whitaker and chris chibnall all they're interested in now is looking forward to russell t davies returning from the bbc's point of view i i I would imagine that Chris chibnall and jodie whitaker are absolutely boiling mad about this, uh, about this announcement, because it completely debases their series. As I say, nobody's interested in in, in series thirteen anymore, uh, and I would imagine that that, that um, okay, Chibnall feels very much hung out to dry by the BBC. That couldn't they have at least have waited to announce this until after at least after this well, current run that is coming up towards the end Even- of the year?
0: Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall's biggest advocates, because there are still people, believe it or not, who are quite prepared to die on this hill. Even they were struggling on that Friday afternoon to not wish the next six stroke eight episodes away. And there's a meme doing the round, you know, it's the famous meme of the guy walking down the street with his girlfriend, turning his head to look at the woman in red. It's been decorated with, you know, series 14 compared to series 13. Series thirteen of Doctor Who. Now it is just marking time. It it's is- treading water. It's, it's treading gone. water to
1: take to take our to take our our, our our nautical analogy one step further. It's treading water.
0: It is, it, and actually, Simon, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I thought about something that you said on one of, one of our recent shows. In exactly the same way that when Doctor Who was announced as coming back in two thousand and three, it's turned series thirteen into scream of the Schalke. No one yes. cares about Series 13. There are people who are out there yeah. pretending that they do. They're not fooling me.
2: Let me ask you guys this. It's been a very long time, I feel, since we've had a lame duck doctor, where the doctor is yeah. just, yeah, it, yeah. it's pointless. The last time I felt like this was when Paul McGann was the, was the doctor for that, when they did the American movie. And he <laughs> just felt like, yeah, he, he he was left out to dry. I'm finding very interesting from what I'm seeing in social media, at least here in the U.S., I think you're starting to see the cracks between that Jody Whittaker and Chris Chibnall all we die for each other thing because <laughs> I think I think Jody's I think there's a part of Jody's camp and jody herself is like I would love to have a chance with this with a different writer and with a different different creator. I'm still on the mountain that I th- I think Chibnall is more responsible for what's happened than Jody is. I think Jodie. Well, he's the gotten... one. He's
0: the decision maker. She's a woman with yeah. a script, wearing a silly costume. So yeah, I mean that's un- undoubtedly, and undoubtedly. I true. Think,
2: and I and I still think there's too many overseers over Jodie's performance as the doctor, that she never got to play the doctor how she truly wanted. And I think that's we'll, we'll never that, know that's for certain. We'll never know if well, she's I
0: capable he's... of playing that another way. But I, I can see why it's a reasonable assumption
2: but I've, I I so I do but I do believe that the other big thing with all of this is is as great as the Russell TV's Russell T Davies news is as far as moving in a different direction now whether you agree that it's a step back and I don't understand where Simon is coming from but until we know who the next doctor is, it's all kind of still in a bit of a limbo because I think who they cast as the next doctor is this
0: might be the most defining casting of Doctor Who it's ever. It's critical <laughs> Kyle, it's absolutely <laughs> critical. I've got a quote here from Russell T. Davis that he put out on the afternoon of the announcement and he says, I'm beyond excited to be back on my favourite show but then gives the bulk of his statement over to uh, duffing the cap really. He says, but we're time travelling too fast. There's a whole series of Jodie Whittaker's brilliant Doctor for me to enjoy with my friend and hero Chris Chibnall at the helm. I'm still a viewer for now. Are you convinced by that, Simon? The nicer oh, people are to one another in public, the less convinced I
1: am. And to be honest, it came across really sick of and sugary, and it literally mm-hmm, turns yeah. my stomach. That it's like, okay, fair enough. Say that, say that we've got another series of of, of Whittaker and Chibnall to look forward to. Fine, I realise that he's got to play the game, but to call Chibnall his hero, yeah, that come that's a pushed you. it over the edge. It was oh, like, exactly. You're yeah. right. Suddenly, you know, I no longer pay attention. Don't you get really, really tired and, and bored of these kind of sound bites? That uh, and, and it's, it's obvious that these people don't physically say them; they're obviously written down. You know, Russell has written that statement uh, as opposed yeah. to said it to somebody, and there's a big difference. And I hate these pat, sycophantic statements. Um, and, and going back to you know this whole this whole sort of passing of the baton on. What what of course is interesting is that we saw exactly the same thing happen in series one back in 2005, because within one episode of being screened, we were suddenly told that Chris Eccleston was going, he was gone. And again, yet again, although the public stuck with the show, There was then very much a feeling exactly the same way as Carl's just said. We don't know who the next Doctor is going to be. And at that point in series one, we didn't know. And again, it it hugely undermined series one because everybody was thinking, okay, Eccleston's all right, but who's the next Doctor going to be? That was all people were thinking about then, was who's going to replace him. And Doctor Who in many ways is kind of a victim of of this gimmick that it's got of replacing its lead actor. Because the minute there is the whiff of a new lead actor coming in, the one who's currently in the role suddenly looks very old hat looks very past looks very yesterday and i'm not interested in them in them anymore um and, and that, of course i think was possibly one of the reasons why eccleston was so angry about the way it was announced in series one that he was being replaced and we've got the same thing here just really nobody's interested in, in it, it anymore and that's to me is, is is part of the problem because it smacks of just So much desperation on the part of the BBC. It undermines the BBC. I mean, I know I'm, you know, okay, I'm going on a bit of a limb here and and maybe egging egging it more than is necessary. But it does make the BBC look very reactionary. Rather than proactive, and as Kyle says, having any form well, of um, plan. I think you just described the
0: BBC Sorry. absolutely perfectly. There, the BBC that we know—that <laughs> we know—that's how they legislate. That's how they conduct general business.
1: Yeah it's not it's not forethought it's not as kyle you hit the nail on the head when you said the bbc don't have a plan um and my personal belief is they don't have a plan they didn't have a plan they clearly don't have a plan with doctor who and whether you pleased with russell T. davis or not doesn't really matter the fact is it was a what, knee-jerk reaction what the hell are we gonna do
0: okay well given what you've what you've said we've talked about the timing we've talked about the series 13 business and all the rest of it i've been saying since it broke That Friday afternoon, the BBC do not announce anything, let alone things this huge, that time of a a Friday afternoon. I believe that this was just like the Eccleston story, when Eccleston was leaving. They wanted to sit on that until the end of Series 1, so the regeneration was going to be a surprise. But they couldn't. Just like that was leaked, I believe this was about to be leaked. That's why they went with it on a Friday afternoon and that they would have had ideally quite a, a longer gap, not just for Series 13 to roll out, but to give a, a, people a bit of time in between. Carl. From what I see of the landscape, what I
2: hear from you guys and other people I know, the BBC is getting itself into a real big problem. And it's not just with Doctor Who, it's with it's with the whole system of how television works in the United Kingdom. Yeah. You guys buying yes. these T V licenses and things. Yeah. When the world when the world, because of COVID, especially in the United States, has adapted even from traditional television to these streaming models now and these apps and everything. And the BBC is stuck in this very right. old, antiquated
1: You know what's really strange, Kyle? You're absolutely spot on there. The BBC is in a huge identity crisis. But what is really interesting with the BBC, and I still don't get I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot with this. And I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent on BBC here. But what you won't be aware of in the States is what is now happening in, in Britain is the BBC is constantly hammering through the message of BBC iPlayer, i.e. its streaming service. It pretty much no longer wants you to watch live television on BBC Channels. It just wants you to watch BBC iPlayer all the time. All that we get bombarded with yeah, is watch it on iPlayer. All episodes are now streaming on iPlayer. So the irony of it is they're trying to put themselves across as a streaming service and yet we're as you say, we're in the Brit- in Britain we're all still having to play we're pay hundred and fifty quid a year. By
0: more to pay for it.
1: To pay for it. So, it's, so is it a stream? What are you doing, BBC? Are you trying to do a streaming service, which we should then be given the option as to whether we want to buy into or not? Or are you being a public broadcaster? And that's a huge difference. And that's why they are literally in an identity crisis. Sorry, we went down but, a rabbit hole.
2: No, no, It's but I, th- I think it's a fair rabbit hole because Doctor Who is truly the biggest worldwide phenomenon thing that the BBC has. Yeah. Mike, but, but here's the thing. I think the wolves are at the gate at the BBC because I think there is too many international streaming mega corporations now. And I think the BBC is really regretting their deal with HBO Max because it opened up a little back door that now you have, especially now that the Discovery people own Warner and HBO and those guys have money hand over fist. If the state of Doctor Who does not improve, somebody is going to make the BBC an offer that they might not be able to say no to, and then all of a sudden Doctor Who is in a totally different new set of hands, which could be a very big and welcome thing for it, but then it will not be the same Doctor Who that we well, that everybody knows.
0: You're about as likely to get Doctor Who away from the BBC as you are Mickey Mouse away from Disney.
1: You say that, Dan, though, but let's, let's not forget that this is the first time ever Doctor Who has been placed with an independent production company. We're halfway there already. Yeah, so, so, so that in itself is a is a major move. And the BBC
0: wanted to do this in in 1990, 1991, nineteen ninety one, didn't they? They talked to Verity Lambert, you know, the original producer of Doctor Who. She was back in the room. She was Nick. I think she was actually close to pitching she, for the show. I know that um, Terry Nation and Jerry, Jerry Davis. Nation,
1: absolutely Jerry Davis, um, various various other people who've been involved in the in the classic show, uh, you know, in a major production standard a lot of people pitched to get that show back um, and they turned them all down and, and and it was very big in fandom at that time we were that was what we were all talking about was was the BBC going to become a co-production uh, it, it, it frequently got talked about being a possible co-production with an American company um, that was that was all very very much on the table back in the 90s and now they've done it they've uh, and and to be clear I must be honest for me personally I have less of a problem with it going to Bad Wolf Productions than I do with it going to Russell T. Davis. Um, my, my, my truck is is with Russell, and, and you know, I really do need to be clear about this. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. The reason I am personally against Russell is nothing against Russell at all. It's against the idea of stepping back, take making a desperate, knee jerk reaction, panicking, and trying to relive past glories. And so for me, it's Personally, it's very, very much a retrograde. Rather than
0: cleanly moving absolutely creatively well, well, in a much more bold way. Correct. When, Thank when you, Kyle, Dad. When you were last on the show, Kyle, we talked a little about uh, Joe Michael Straczynski. Because there's somebody who, uh, OK, he do, he's not a studio executive. He's a writer, former showrunner, creative and a novelist. And he was very publicly expressing an interest through, through Twitter in in working on the show in show running the show and becoming its its lead writer to the point he made public his attempts to contact the bbc over it now jms as they call him along with one other person has taken to twitter and instagram this week to talk about the appointment of russell t davis so we've got uh, from joe michael straczynski we have got i cannot imagine a better or wiser choice, that's his reaction to Russell T. Davis being back on the show, whilst I, an upstart called Stephen Moffat, he just put out on Instagram three three words, RTD must go, and lots of exclamation marks there. So, yeah, what are your thoughts about this thing, Kyle? I mean, obviously, JMS is well and truly out of the picture. Russell T. Davis is in. Do you think it's, they've missed an opportunity in not going global?
2: So let's talk about JMS for a minute, because JMS okay. has been – for the last couple of months, very much putting out there his interest in Doctor Who. We've had a little hurricane of fandom news, and JMS has been a big part of it. First of all, obviously, when Russell T. Davies was announced as the showrunner, I find it very interesting, and I don't think it's coincidental, that not even a week or so after Russell T. Davies's name showrunner, all of a sudden we have a Babylon 5
0: rebirth <laughs> coming. Just make you wonder.
2: Here, here, here is my thought on this, and maybe I'm wrong. I think J. Michael Straczynski was actually in the running to be the showrunner for Doctor Who. Russell T. Davies got it, and J. Michael Straczynski had the Babylon Re- Five reboot basically on hold until he got an answer right. for Doctor Who. And so, I think there was a lot of more discussion than what we are aware of. With J. Michael Straczynski possibly taking on Doctor Who. But I think when Russell T Babies ended up throwing his hat in the ring, the BBC went
0: perfect. Yeah. You know that well, the it, how the all of the talks cut off. So you think
2: it's been quite <laughs> yeah. a sudden thing, quite a recent thing then, Kyle? I-, I think it was hidden in the back there, but all of a sudden it really came to the forefront. We all know Moffat and Russell kind of don't always see eye to eye and
0: they are close friends, but co- they're they do, cl- close. They've got different takes on things, though. They and I, yeah, I they think tease I think they, regularly.
2: they they tease and I think that's more of what uh, Moffitt's post was more than anything yeah, yeah, is him out. having some fun.
1: Anybody that was around for the classic run will know exactly what Stephen Moffat's doing there, because basically it's a direct quote that used to get bandied around all the time in the late 80s, which is, JNT must go. Um, mm-hmm. And there was one magazine in particular uh, that, that used to literally every month, it, it's pretty much its headline on the front page was, JNT must go, and then they moved on to, JNT must go now. So so that's what Russell, t- what, what Stephen Moffat is doing there. He's, he's being very ironic, tongue in cheek, Teak. He's tipping the wink to, to us fans saying, remember when you used to moan about Jane and he had to go and and, and now we you're, you're all basically doing the same with Russell. His nose must be a little bit out of joint because when you need to rescue the sinking ship, where do you go to? They haven't gone back to Stephen Moffat, who, let's not forget, was the previous showrunner. Not that there's any reason why they should, but as I say, from Stephen's point of view, he must be sitting there thinking, hmm. Following on from what Kyle was just saying, what I would love to know, and I guess I would hope this will come out in the fullness of time, is who asked who? Did the, B- you know, you're, we're, you're assuming there, that Kyle, that, that, that our, uh, Russell T Davies threw his hat into the ring. Was it that, or was it that the BBC went to Russell T Davies and said, for goodness sakes, please, we need you at this moment in time? Don't know, I haven't got a clue. I don't think anything really has oh. been uh, that. that. And, I've, and I'm interested to know who, who approached who? What? Either way,
2: Russell has to willingly throw his hat into the TV, into the ring for that to happen. I think the reason why they didn't go Moffat is because one, Moffat was so adamant about being burned out when
0: he left. Yeah, he was. And I, th- I think as... They had to twist pointing- his arm to do the 2017 special, yeah. Kyle. He only did that, he did that for the fans so that we would have a Christmas yeah. special. He was
1: gone. But your ego must still be left a little bit bruised. I, I, I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do any more, Doctor Who. But let's be honest, I bet he would have loved them to go back to him and ask him back again.
2: Yeah, well, the, but the other thing with that is, too, is that as, as you're reacting to bringing back Russell T. Davies and your, your thoughts on it, more people would have had that thought a millionfold if it had been Stephen Moffat. I
1: agree. For, for me, anything, as I say, is a backward step going back to any, any form of showrunner because, uh, yeah, I, I really strong... I, I've, I've talked about this at length on the podcasts that I feel that, the, that whoever is in charge of Doctor Who should not be a Doctor Who fan and, and, and just should be damned good at creating the best television that you will ever see. Because, no, I, I, I was really looking forward to a bold new direction from a bold new showrunner with bold new ideas. And and we're constantly being told, oh, well, Russell doesn't have to revert back to 2005. He's, you know, he's got more, but the fact is, it's still Russell T. Davies. he's still had a shot at the show. It doesn't matter whatever you get from Russell, it's still going to be more of Russell's vision of Doctor Who. And I want to see somebody else's vision of Doctor Who. And and and, and ironically, we were always told, we've, we've been endless told, us naysayers have been endless told during the Jodie Whittaker Chibnall years that Doctor Who is all about change. It's all there's nothing wrong with it. It's all about change. That's what makes Doctor Who yeah, great.
0: Ridiculous! A ridiculous! Yeah buzz phrase that gets Correct. kicked around that I, I largely blame. Stephen Moffat that was your fault. Now we keep hearing this all the time to excuse any silly creative decision, any indignity that it has to go through under the current production team. Oh well you're just against change and Doctor Who's about change which means that you don't know what
2: Doctor Correct. Who's
1: really about. But presumably why in that case is Russell T. Dave, uh, is is Stephen Moffat rather, not um, not, not making that can, same can, point can, instead uh, of defending Russell
0: to be fair, Stephen Moffat as well. He he has another gig. He's off time traveling at the moment, adapting the Time Traveler's Wife. For okay. I think that's for HBO too. That's a big yes, yeah. yeah. a multi-year yeah. commitment to that show. There's another
2: thing I want to throw in here here too. And as you talk about fresh somebody who wants to bring in change, that would require the BBC willing to make change. That is a big problem too. I think the BBC had to find somebody who either was willing to play ball with them that they could maybe put their Mm. hand and control the puppet a little bit. And I I think Russell still has that kind of little bit of a relationship with BBC. And I think that's ultimately one of the reasons why we have Russell T. Davis is because I think it's somebody who's willing to work with the BBC and not just... Want to do what they want to do, and I think that was something with Straczynski. Straczynski would have come in, and he would have wanted, and he has enough clout to write Doctor Who the way he wants to write Doctor Who, and kind of look at the BBC and say, you know, I really don't need
1: you. I think I think you might I think you might be uh, a little bit overestimating the BBC's willingness uh, to to, um, to expectation rather to work with Russell on that. The reason I'm saying is because maybe this isn't quite so. Uh, well known in the us as it is in the uk but basically russell is known in the uk as just this absolute powerhouse writer that nobody messes with that he had it, it it's him Poor it's his he yeah. doesn't he does not work with people he doesn't work with the bbc you get his show whether you like it or not and if you don't yeah. like it i ain't doing it that's certainly the feeling that i get with russell that that's that, that, that's the that's yeah. the impression british people get of it's lit- it
0: literally that simple and he he boasted about about the fact too there was talks with him for quite a while about various projects the bbc wanted him to work on and he said after the fact that some of them were delicious ideas that he would probably have have wished to but he kept telling them i'll come to because he'd only ever worked for channel four and itv and every time he spoke to anybody at the bbc a department head a channel controller whoever it was he always said the one thing i'll come to the bbc for doctor who and that was it. And he'd cut them dead. And this was at awards ceremonies, in the corridors, at whichever studio we were and talking about, at, at, uh, at various industry fairs. He'd cut them dead. And that went on for two or three years. I'll come yeah, back and, and see. And I've also.
1: And also, Dan, let's not forget, that was years before he had the power that he now has. I mean, it uh, was, yeah. again, it, it, I'm sure it's different in the U.S. for Kyle. But here, Russell T Davis is constantly like in the top 10 most yeah. influential, powerful people in British television. Um, oh, no. and, 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 and so... Um, back in back in pre-2005 when he when he was wielding that power then but he has even more power now in the UK and nobody would argue if russell says we're having we're having a blue elephant for the doctor the BBC will go okay russell
2: does this open the door for um a certain captain to make some return appearances to doctor no. doctor who or is he too still too cancelled out over there.
1: I think he's too. i Unfortunately, uh, I think John Barrowman at this moment in time is too toxic a character. I think that hell will freeze over uh, for better or worse. I'm making no comment. But hell will freeze over. I think before they allow John Barrowman um, things, or, things or, or, indeed, or indeed Noel Clark back at the uh, back of the show.
0: Since we last spoke about it, Kyle, and we compared notes with how he is thought of. In the states compared to how he's thought of in the uk and how the press and the tv industry are reacting to him. things have actually got worse for john barryman and i don't think it's any more fair now than i did then but things have got worse certainly over here john's not getting a gig here anytime soon i so i would imagine that that is in there that if because the show will still be broadcast on bbc1 that would seem to be a uh, a definite a definite well, no. I think we're at a point now where we can sort of move in, we can tease for the, the second half of the conversation. So that will be along in a moment. But I do have a couple of quotes here I wanted to share with you two guys. These are two characters who haven't commented publicly about Doctor Who before, but uh, people I know very, very well. So when the news started to circulate, that Russell T Davies was back on Doctor Who, there were certain people that I text immediately, just as Sarah was texting me, I was texting, texting other people. First of all, it had to be uh, three Doctor Who fans that are entirely my responsibility. They got dragged into this into this universe, into this fandom. The whole lifestyle of Doctor Who, and they didn't really get much saying. I'm talking about my sons, so I got in touch with all three of them that afternoon. I've got a couple of quotes here from two of them. So we have, (laughs) uh, so we've got Luke, my son Luke, and his twin brother George. So I sent them the same message: Russell T. Davies is back on Doctor Who, and my son Luke replied, "Yeah." They were literally talking about Doctor Who at a university party. Goes to show the power russell returning has on my generation wow so that was from luke so the idea that these like 19 20 21 year olds at a university party let's let's face it odds are they've been on the drink i mean they haven't told with the, the ugly details i suspect they'd they were on the outside of a couple of chandies at the time so they're there at one of these university parties where you know drinking and maybe chasing girls would be On their mind or chasing boys chasing whoever was on their minds and they're standing around talking about doctor who that's how huge this news was so thank you luke for that and his twin brother george says so they're basically doing what i said they should do that's why you should have got the smartest man in the community (laughs) george hadley on your podcast And he went on to elaborate. That means the 60th will be insane. And he's got lots of time to fix things if anyone can. It's Russell. So thanks to George and to Luke for that. Uh, It it did tickle me. And I've got to be honest, guys, it really did warm my heart getting those back from my sons. Because I wonder why, over the last three or four years, they'd completely lost interest. Now, they were at the age anyway. They've had a lot going on with A-levels and whatever else but usually I think if the show had been better it would have been to them at that time in their life what it had been through their GCSEs and earlier on and they'd have stayed with it and now they're pretty up to coming back you know the conversations that I've had with them since is if this is on then so are they but with
2: Simon we just learned a valuable thing we know that when Dan is done and it's his time to regenerate that George (laughs) Hadley will be taking over the type 40s in space book
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, thanks again, lads. Good sports, and thanks for letting me bring that to uh, to the Type 40 viewers and listeners here on the show. Yeah, I think that's a good point at which to take a break, because as well as uh, as all these conversations and previews and geek-outs about the world's longest-running science fiction and fantasy show, heavens above. There's a whole universe, a multiverse, full of similar conversations, really, going on right across the Fandom Podcast Network. We'd be letting you down if we didn't tease some of those and point the way through the CVE to the Fandom Podcast Network itself. So here's our Kevin with a few words about all of that, and then you can meet Kyle, Simon, and myself back here for more timey-wimey talk in a couple of minutes.
3: Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'd like to continue to feed your ears by inviting you to listen to these other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. It starts with our flagship show, Culture Clash, discussing the latest in entertainment pop culture. Blood of Kings, Immortals Take Notice, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theaters, where we celebrate our favorite movies. Time Warp, the fandom flashback podcast discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, and TV pop culture topics. Good Evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Union Federation, our Star Trek and Orville show. Hair Metal, the 80s and early 90s rock metal podcast. Type 40, our show covering the time-traveling Doctor Who universe with host Dan Hadley. Lethal Mullet, an 80s and 90s action film podcast with host Adam P. O'Brien. Also check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts what a piece of junk a star wars podcast with hosts scott derek and nathan making treks a star trek podcast a deep dive into the final frontier with hosts mark newbold and adam p o'brien and check out our newest shows the fandom show our monthly fandom podcast network live youtube exclusive show about the month's hottest topics in fandom and the fpn true believers mcu podcast discussing the marvel cinematic universe and the related Marvel television and streaming MCU universe, including the connections to the original Marvel comics. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on several platforms. Please subscribe to the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel to receive notifications of new podcast episodes and live events. You can enjoy all of the Fandom Podcast Network audio podcasts on our master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. Fandom Podcast Network is on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and iTunes. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can also find the Fandom Podcast Network on Instagram at Fandom Podcast Network and on Twitter at FanPodNetwork. Thank you for listening and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Oh, we do
0: love to tease and tantalise you with all that, don't we? We can even clothe you, too. There's merch to match all of those shows, including Type 14, if you head over to teampublic.com. Search for the Fandom Podcast Network, and you'll find a store full of all the team colours for all of the shows on everything from the T-shirts to phone cases and tapestries. Seeing is believing, everybody. Treat yourselves treat your other selves and it all goes to support the fandom podcast network into the bargain so everybody wins don't say we didn't tell you okay so i'm back with kyle wagner of true believers and culture clash and my friend the original hoonetic simon horton to talk more about the second coming of russell t davis all over again Russell T Davies, uh, in between his stints on Doctor Who, I doubt if you guys heard this or remember it, but this was before Mickey Mouse entered the equation. Russell T Davies uh, started work, or certainly talks, with Lucasfilm about working on Star Wars after he left Doctor Who. So after the end of time, and I think it was after season four of Torchwood or around the time that was sort of coming to to pass. So when they were looking at bringing a Star Wars TV show to screens called Underworld, and there was talk of other movies too, Russell was involved in advanced talks with them and apparently did work something up. Some sort of script treatment was put together. He ultimately walked from the project citing reasons actually simon not a million miles away from how you described a few minutes ago so i think it was the fact that it wasn't his universe that he was literally a hired pen basically he he walked and has never really talked about it since apart from acknowledging that he wasn't on the project anymore so does that surprise you had you heard that or had you forgotten
1: I hadn't heard about it at all. Now, I must be honest, that's entirely, entirely news to me, but it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me from the point of view that, uh, yeah, he clearly wouldn't have been in control of the ship on that occasion. He would very much have been a hired, a hired writer. Um, and that's where, as I say, I think on this one, he, he will be um, totally, totally in control of this. Perhaps the BBC also gave full creative control pretty much to Stephen Moffat. Maybe they did the same with Chris Chibnall. Maybe they've taken too hands hands-off an approach on this. And actually maybe the BBC, for all of their faults and for all of that we don't, maybe don't rate them very highly, maybe somebody (laughs) does need to take a bit of um, a firmer approach to this, a more hands-on approach to it. So I can see that um, Russell would not have been attracted to a project like that, as we said earlier, yeah, before the break.
0: So the idea of a Russell T. Davis working on on Star Wars or anything else for that matter, Carl, does that seem like something, oh, that would have been sweet, I would have loved that, a missed opportunity, or do you think it might be uh, a a good thing that that didn't happen? What's your take?
2: At the time frame Russell was talking with Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm was a disaster area. Let's just be perfectly clear on this. There was no direction, there was was nothing. Russell would have just, it, it, it was too much chaos. And... I think also at that point, yeah, they wouldn't have let Russell make the show that he wanted to make. I think he said he would have more chance of doing it now as far as being able to make the show he wanted to make and be in control of it than he would have back then. But even still, I don't see Russell working well with. Did the, Not so much to people at Lucasfilm, like a John Favreau or a Dave Filoni or a Kathleen Kennedy. I think it's the higher-ups in Disney that he would start having issues with, especially um, <laughs> the current CEO of Disney, Mr. Chapek, who is quickly making people even
0: wish for the days of Michael Eisner. So that being said, people might be wondering, what's so different about Bad Wolf Studios, Bad Wolf Productions, that Russell T. Davies is teaming up with them? and BBC Studios, who I believe will be a very minor component in all this, to uh, to work on all new, in inverted commas, Doctor Who. Well, Bad Wolf Studios is uh, partly the responsibility, the brainchild, I should say, of jo- uh, Judah Gardner, who was the producer alongside Russell T Davies on that original run from 2004 when they first started, filming right the way up to 2009 until the end of time Julie was there with Russell arguably as responsible for its success for the the structure the delivery of the show the management of the show and I believe that she was also very keen, a lot of the creative decisions as well. One of the very few people that Russell says like, that he would listen to. They are obviously, uh, they've still been in touch the entire time, although the careers have gone off in different directions. Obviously, they're both still in the same industry. And it is Julie Gardner that's back on board, along with Jane Tranter, who at the time, back in 2004, 2005, I believe she was the BBC One controller then. She was. So they're back. She's the other half of the equation that makes up Bad Wolf. They they're based mainly in, in Cardiff, albeit a distance away from Rothlock, the current home of Doctor Who under under Chris Chibnall, BBC Wales. So they're in the same they're in the same country, in the same general area, but Bad Wolf has crucially got arrangements with other broadcasters all over the world. They've got other studios and facilities certainly in ireland i think there's somewhere in romania as well that they regularly use so this is a entity this is a commercial entity simon an independent production company that over the last three or four years their profile has been escalating and escalating with a a flurry of not just beautiful looking shows but thoroughly entertaining genre product i'm i'm talking particularly about his dark materials which is uh, by them for hbo and a discovery of witches which is a similar arrangement there that uh, bad wolf have got with sky in the uk so this is quite a track record that bad wolf productions have built up in really quite a short period of time simon
1: well of course what's interesting is that as i recall jane tranter was the one who actually Commissioned the return of Doctor. Eventually, Um, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, she was eventually one who did commission um, the return in 2005. And I think it's probably fair to say that her star uh, was absolutely on an upward trajectory at that point because doctor who was such an incredible success um far far bigger than anybody would have anticipated jane tranter who formerly um probably nobody in the uk would have heard of um suddenly was all over uh, over the media and suddenly the general public know who who uh who the uh, the head of bbc one is um in the way that they wouldn't have done before so i think it's fair to say that doctor who did an incredible job for pushing her career quite, quite reasonably, quite fairly, quite correctly in an absolute upward trajectory. Um, and so there can be no doubt whatsoever that part of her success since those two thousand and early 2000s has been as a result of Doctor Who being as successful as it was. It was a huge success. She was
0: was working on Dancing with the Stars in the States for a while, Kyle, before Bad Wolf was set up. But looking at his dark materials in particular and that arrangement they already have with HBO, do you think that's a coincidence? Or do you think that aligns with what you were saying earlier on about the the presence that Doctor Who was meant to have and the arrangement the BBC had supposed to have exclusively come to with HBO, which is part of Warner's,
2: well here here's the thing. first of all, I agree with what something Simon said earlier. I think I think this bad wolf aspect of this doc of Russell T. Davies and Doctor. Who is actually the most important aspect of all this, even more yeah. so than Russell T. Davies. Uh, I think it's actually being very underscored by people. but I also think that it's something that we need to keep a very close eye on with the future of Doctor Who because again, Doctor Who in the states is is relevant and HBO Max, Again, paid a lot of money to have
0: exclusive U.S. streaming rights for modern Who. For the people who are a little hazy on these things, HBO Max, where is that in comparison? Because obviously Netflix, Netflix is still the biggest game in town, but HBO Max, it was launched around a year, 18 months ago. So what's the landscape looking like there? I would say HBO Max is
2: probably not in that top tier of streaming services i think you're still looking at netflix disney plus which is just dominating right now for obvious reasons um and you've got you've also still got hulu which is now basically another offshoot of disney hbo max is still finding kind of it's grounding but it's growing and it's growing because one hbo does such phenomenal original material obviously having the warner brothers library is there and let's be honest with you, when you're talking about premium content television, especially in the United States, yeah. HBO has the bar set so high that it's people are still trying to climb and get to it. You're talking about, just going back, Sopranos, which we have the new film out, with that you have Oz, you have The Wire, you have obviously Game of Thrones, you have a lot of things too that have been have gotten a lot of critical acclaim, if not national, worldwide acclaim. A Discovery of Witches, which is actually on AMC here in the U.S., but has, has proved to be very popular here in the States as well. Bad Wolf it, Productions is clearly developing a very natural bridge between here and the U.K. as far as production and their relationships with HBO and AMC, which are considered two prestige format places. There's something brewing underneath, and I don't know what it is completely, but I just think after the 60th anniversary, we could see some big shakeups in Doctor Who and maybe some places where it's not being controlled. I I truly do believe this, and I think this is part of this. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the line, if Doctor Who rebounds under Russell,
0: that Bad Wolf is just not like, it's ours. I think that Bad Wolf is is the permanent, as next to permanent home now for Doctor Who as it can possibly be. They will be in the equation, I think I said this before, long after Russell T. Davis has gone. They're building their uh, operation all the time. More facilities, more people, establishing Mm -hmm. further relationships, broader relationships with people in the industry, expanding out. I mean, I think they, they also make I Hate Suze, or I Hate Susie is it called? I Hate Susie on Sky, which stars Billy Piper. Several other shows that I keep reading about that they're involved with. So it would seem they're, they're becoming a more and more important player. They've clearly got the, I was going to say, international aspirations. They're there, they're on that global stage. The BBC cannot seem to keep both feet on Simon. So, what, what's your take on that?
1: The, the thing is, the, the, the Doctor Who <laughs> has so lost its way under the BBC over these over these recent years, and I've said this so many times that that, that the BBC simply doesn't know what to do with Doctor Who. They never have, literally since day one, you know, let go, going back into history, let's not forget 60 years ago, the BBC was arguing before it had even aired about which department should be making it. Was it drama department? Was kids <laughs> department wanted it? They wanted to get hold of it. And they were always critical of the fact that they never, so it's Doctor Who has always had this kind of identity crisis within the BBC. As a result, Because the BBC don't know what to do with it, they don't understand what makes it work, what makes it successful. And so that's why I'm left kind of thinking, okay, if nothing else, Bad Wolf, clearly know what they're doing with genre. In many ways, the BBC is a victim of of, of itself because it is just this massive behemoth of of an organization that's trying to do to be all things to all people. Bad Wolf, they clearly know what they're doing. We make genre TV, this is what we do. And so that's why, to me, it's got to be at least a good home.
2: As Doctor Who gets more and more expensive to make, when is the BBC going to say this is counterproductive to us? By, and by when are to they going
0: with Bad Wolf? That's
2: what they've effectively done. That here's what I'm saying Bad Wolf, who is growing and has a lot of US backing to it with their deals with HBO and their distribution deals with their shows here in the States, they could have the financial backing and then have agreements in place where they could say, like I said. We're taking it from you, BBC. We'll keep you in the loop. We'll feed you some money, but it's ours now. And I truly do believe this. No matter what the landscape is of Doctor Who, when Russell is done with whatever long he's going to do it, and I truly do believe Russell's not in this for the long term. I think he's in this to get the ship right so he can hand it to the next
0: person. When I said that Bad Wolf is going to be the home of Doctor Who for much longer than anybody else, I, I, I mean that. But having said that... I do believe that even if it is just only for name on credits, I believe that Russell T. Davies may stay on the show in some sort of consultant capacity for a very long time. That's oh, yeah. quite a, a regular uh, standard thing, particularly in American yeah. TV, I understand, Kyle. Yeah.
2: No matter what happens with Russell, how no matter how long he stays, Bad Wolf
0: will be hiring and choosing the next showrunner of Doctor Who. They're probably going to be in the writer's room or on the writer's bench for this first run, this Series 14, which has been confirmed, and maybe they'll take over for Series 15, more likely for Series 16. I I imagine Russell publicly being the showrunner of this for two seasons, and then somebody who has been probably coming up under him, because I think we talked before on the last show, how he does mentor young writers and other people in the industry. I think they'll be bringing people through gradually, but that Russell will always be on hand, the way that Mal Young was in Series 1 back in 2004, 2005,
1: Simon. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Russell will be around for a while. And also, let's not forget Russell loves the show. He must also be very, very proud of of the stuff that he's achieved uh, in 2005 um, because it it, it did go against all expectations. The success of the show in the UK was was...
0: phenomenal. Nothing short of
1: phenomenal. you're, You're quite right, Dan. Phenomenal is the perfect word. It was the biggest thing on television in Britain for quite a few years. And we're not talking fans here. We're talking the general public. Everybody, everybody just loved that show. And so he must be very, very proud of that. Um, And so I think you're right, Dan. I can see Russell stopping on almost possibly indefinitely as as an executive producer. Of course, the difficulty for Russell is that he's under incredible pressure this time around, far more than he was in 2004. When he was gearing up for the release in 2005, (laughs) he's under far more pressure now because of the fact that he did literally make Doctor Who the most the the, the phenomenal. He's got to be very, very
0: certain. He's got to be very, very certain of what his take's going to be.
2: Obviously, I don't think he was under any pressure when he came in in 2005 because it had been so long, and we weren't in a social media aspect. I think the pressure he has in now is, like you said, he's his the bar he set the bar so high. I think it's very unrealistic to think he can get the bar back there. But I think the the idea is is to get us back to a point where people, people just kill. genuinely love who, and are back getting back on the ship to get it back to a place where people who feel uh, who love who feel like they're watching Doctor Who. Where people are counting sense. counting the days against him.
1: Well, yeah, but the reason I'm saying that is because you're right, Kyle, for fans and for the public, yeah, that's all it needs to do is just get, back, get the love of the public back. For Russell, who has, since 2005, has carved out, honestly, it, again, it's difficult to kind of overestimate this, but the phenomenal success that Russell has enjoyed in the UK, there's a heck of a lot riding on this for him personally. If this goes badly wrong, his star which has been on the ascendancy a rapid vertical curve pretty much for the past 15 years suddenly his 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 collateral begins to drop and russell is not going to want that so what i'm talking about is for him personally he must feel under enormous pressure to to uh recreate that success from 2005 because basically if he doesn't however much he gets it popular with, with, Brit, with, the, with the British public, if it doesn't enjoy the success it did enjoy in 2005, it's still a failure from that perspective. And so Russell will always be judged as, well, he did it in 2005, but it didn't work. It wasn't that awful show that he brought back in 2022. In, in and so there's a lot riding on it for Russell personally and for his career as a writer. He's not in rush to
2: announce the new Doctor. He's not in rush to cast the new Doctor. Because I think he knows he has got to find the right match. Not only for Doctor Who, but to work with him. And I know that there has been some controversial names being thrown out to replace Jodie before we knew Russell was going to be the new Doctor. Um. Um,
0: yes, Ollie Alexander's <laughs> name is everywhere again. By all the people who cannot see any further than right in, right in front of their noses. An actor stroke singer who's already said that he's not interested. A man who left social media, he was that fed up of hearing about it. If flattered, a man who's about to uh, put out a new album and to go on like a two-year tour. The idea that he can take the lead in a show like Doctor Who is ridiculous but people are not going to stop talking about ollie alexander i'll say <laughs> now not going to happen people you know i know there's
2: some people talking well they're going to we re- there's people who think that oh they're going to require we cast a woman in the role again and yeah. it's like that I'm a, I'm, i said i if that is the case there's only one name i want to hear and this is just personal reference if i hear olivia coleman is the doctor I- i'm in 100 percent
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I, that I now. know several people who feel that way and allegedly you know she was the person that Chris Chibnall approached originally back when he first got the job she uh, allegedly turned it down pretty flat he went to his second choice and offered it her unconditionally as well and the rest has been long drawn out painful history so well, you, mm-hmm. you you have to understand Olivia Cole,
2: Coleman won the hearts of the United States with her Oscar-winning speech, and how she was at the
0: end. Everybody, the U.S. is all in on Olivia Colman. She's wonderful. She's charisma. She's eccentric. She's a great actress. She has got everything.
1: I think one of the interesting things, of course, is that we, Dan, you and I have talked a lot about this, well, all of us have talked a lot about it on previous podcasts, that Doctor Who had become such a toxic brand that it was almost difficult to imagine anybody, any actor worth their salt wanting to take on after Jodie Whittaker. Now, interestingly, as much as I'm knocking Russell T Davies coming back to, to his role, you are now reasonably... Confident that that yes, any actor, any actor worth uh, worth their salt will now want to take the role on because it's Russell T Davies back at the helm. So, whatever you, my personal thoughts on Russell T Davies being there, it undoubtedly has cast a certainty at the at the helm of the show that means yeah, you could pretty much get Olivia Coleman back yeah. now, maybe in that she's gone off and done Hollywood, and so normally you'd think no. It doesn't stand a chance of getting Olivia Colman. You there do stand a
0: chance. No, there's going to be no stigma attached to taking Not any role on anything Not. Russell T Davis writes and produces.
1: Nothing at all. My personal take is that it is. is I, I I still fear ollie alexander i know you said categorically he won't be the only reason that we come back to keep on coming back to ollie alexander is because russell t davies made such a song and dance about saying that he thought he should be the next doctor who so that's still just niggling at the back of my brain and and i my
0: my eye is going to to the right and uh, to Lydia West, his co-star on It's a Sin, who, don't get me wrong, I don't think she's right for the Doctor either. But I think she's a more likely pros- prospect. I think she's somebody that the public are more hungry to see act in something else. She's somebody who has a kind of potential. If she's not in Series 14 of Doctor Who, I will be amazed but uh, yeah, a lot of people are circling her, again, because they can't see any further than it's a scene.
1: <laughs> the thing is, the thing is really, my personal take now is whoever you cast as the Doctor, they have got to be a real heavyweight. And I'm sorry, she's not a heavyweight. No,
0: and I, I realistically, think, uh, Simon, I'll say, because I, I suspect you're, you know, it's a controversial thing to say, it's, it's got to be a bloke this time, realistically. It's got to be a bloke, it has to cannot. be a
1: bloke. And it has to be some some real heavyweight actor, the same as they did with Chris Eccleston. uh, The gender
0: gender swap, it has been rejected by the British public. Nobody's interested. The people who are actually speaking, I'm not talking about you guys who spend your life on Twitter. Go out there, talk to real people. None of them like the fact that it's been changed into a female. They've all recognised it for the gimmick that I said it was three years ago. That's how it's played out. I'm not saying you've got to like it, but it is objective fact Russell may cast a woman if he does I'm there anyway I trust Russell T Davies but he's got a lot steeper a hill to climb creatively with that show with selling that show and with winning people back and getting our generation to put our kids in front of it it's going to be a lot taller order with a woman in that role when it has failed so spectacularly so a guy a male lead he doesn't necessarily have to look like the classical hero. Just be interesting. Just be eccentric. Just be a bloody good answer.
2: I, I want to throw some- an idea I have out that I could can- I can maybe see Russell doing, and I don't know. I want I want to throw something in, and I don't know if Russell would do this. And you guys probably are a little more f- familiar with. There's an opportunity here to bring back somebody from his initial run. That I think is really, truly the only character from his initial run that you could bring back and it would fit with Doctor Who. Is it time for Martha Jones to return to Doctor Who?
1: I love Martha. My personal take is no, that would be just the absolute worst thing to do. Much as I love Martha Jones, I think this is where you've got to be really, really careful because – uh, as I've already said, to me, it's a backward step to to bring back a former showrunner. I think it would be a huge backward step oh, to bring in somebody from the former show. And so, and I'm already reading stuff saying, "Oh, bring back David Tennant." No, 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 no. 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 You no, you've got to move forward. We have to move forward. The only reason
2: why I say the character of Martha Jones because I think she does the way her storyline ended. It fits to bring her back for a special or something like that.
1: The reason I'm saying no out of out of hand is simply because the British public don't know who Martha Jones is. They don't care. It's it been doesn't, 14 years. Yeah.
0: doesn't
1: Yeah. Does they really don't well, care. They just but, the but, Doctor
2: But but here's the thing, and this again, I'm I think that with Bad Wolf running this and stuff, they're not going to be just writing this again for the British public. They're going to be writing this for a worldwide audience now. I think yes. so that's what I'm saying. And Mar- and Freema has got a very
0: who are potentially, who potentially, Kyle streaming these episodes, streaming her original episodes, and who followed her since. Is that what you mean?
2: Right. And and Freema has got a very large presence in the U.S. because of, a sh- of some of this TV work she's been doing here in the U.S. as well. Again, I'm not saying put her on the show regularly, but have Martha Jones is the one character I feel that you could oh, okay. outside of Captain Jack, outside of Captain Jack, that you could put into a new run of Doctor Who, especially one that Russell is writing to help to put her in a special put her in put her in like a two-part episode to a- help establish this new maybe. doctor and maybe crew and maybe. all i'm saying is because you're you're not just writing for the british audience you're writing for a worldwide audience yeah, right now sure. whereas but, somebody
0: but, like donna her story came to a natural conclusion and it would yeah, harm it, the character. exactly
2: exactly like, i don't think like, donna is
0: too tired with david Tanette.
2: i think martha jones you, you have some flexibility there to tie her to a different actor as a, as a doctor as well My personal
1: feeling is I would imagine that Russell will want to do exactly what he did in 2004, into five, which is a completely clean slate, and I pray this is what he does. No, completely no, no, no.
2: Clean and I think sorry. that I think that's Perfect. what he'll do. I'm just throwing some speculation.
1: Yeah, out. absolutely. In-
0: initially,
1: initially. Yeah, yeah. Initially, cut cut all ties with the original show, uh, the original run. Not not from a, from a destructive point of view, but simply no. Let's wipe the slate clean. Let's start again with new, strong, strong characters. Exactly that he, like he did with Eccleston and Piper. Um, that's what he will be aiming for. Do they answer the other question, that he's constantly being bandied around now is is he going to retcon the timeless children? trust me he won't even mention the timeless children all of that rubbish will be completely forgotten uh, he it won't get referenced in the same way that that, that russell didn't yeah fingers crossed i genuinely believe <laughs> it will not reference it because that's not how russell is He, he, he whatever you think of russell his focus is on the writing you look at what he did in 2005. He wiped the Time Lords out of existence and Gallifrey out of existence because that's what he decided was the thing. So, so and they d- really didn't get any, any mention at all for, for quite some time. And so that's what he will do. He'll ignore it. He won't retcon it. He won't. It just won't. It'll be below his radar.
0: For all that, I I actually agree with what you've you've said. I see your point, Kyle, and part of me really wants to see that because I, I do love Freeman Radjeman but there is one person who has spoken publicly already about potentially coming back, she was put on the spot through the app Cameo where people pay a sum of, I think it's like £40-50 to have a question answered or sometimes even have a short conversation with a celeb or actor however you want to call it, so she was asked directly about Doctor Who about whether she'd go back to her. I'm talking about Billy Piper so I've got a short clip here of Billy Ooh. answering that question keep in touch with people would I ever go
1: back I think if the circumstances in the story were right um I feel like I've had enough time away from it to really really um want back in on it um I feel like my kids are at a good age and may appreciate that too which is often my incentive to do anything
0: Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, there we have it from Billy, and she's not exactly short of work. She's just directed and starred in her own feature film for the very first time. So she's got lots of options. But it, it is interesting that she didn't dismiss it out of hand because she had done before.
1: That really surprises me that she didn't dismiss it out of hand. Um, Yeah, yeah, me too. I I, I genuinely was expecting her to, at minimum, take an evasive approach there and not be drawn on it at all. But (laughs) what she's basically saying there is, yeah, I'll come back, thank you very much. If it it, it works out, yeah, I'd come back. Um, And 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 Simon, even though you've sort of shot
0: down Kyle's argument there, really, you can see the fun. Sorry, it's it's natural that people speculate. No, and it, and it is fun to speculate, isn't it? About one's favourite characters, favourite <laughs> monsters. Favorite...
1: And being clear, you know, again, I've spoken publicly. I adore Billy Piper as Rose. She's just one of the shining lights for me of those first couple of years. Um, would I want to see her back? Yeah, I'd love to see her back. Is it the right thing to do? No, it's a catastrophic no, it's decision. You can't no, bring it
2: a... back. I agree, I agree. I, if, if, if Truthfully, anything that I would love to see as a fanboy dream, is that all of this that Russell does brings
0: us back to a proper Torchwood at some yeah. point? certainly spin-offs and things like that have to be potentially in there in the distance for this. They they're probably aimed in that general direction. And I personally, I'd I'd love to see a fresh take on, if not Torchwood, then something like Torchwood or a unit show, or I don't know, on, on something. I think the I think there are lots of options there for it too, particularly with bad wolf with their their premises, they've got large studio complexes in multiple places they're used to working on shows which have got which have got uh, large casts rather than two or three people. But I want to go back to Bad Wolf just for a moment because I've got the, we've got the initial tweet here that was put out by Bad Wolf. So following on from the BBC's initial statement that I read earlier on, and then Russell's own remarks where he uh, sort of doffed the cap a little to Chris Chibnall. They're very polite, very professional as always. His integrity on show. Bad Wolf followed it up with this. So, this was, uh, we are delighted to be joining Russell T Davies on a looped ontological paradox. Where Russell goes, We are proud to follow, and that with BBC Studios, Bad Wolf will be producing the all new series of Doctor Who. It's a privilege to be asked to support him in Doctor Who's future. That was up on Twitter very soon after that initial statement from the BBC. There was a, a retweeted it, and whatever else. Shortly afterwards, though, obviously they were then (laughs) deluged with Doctor Who fans, clicking follow and all the rest of it. People who weren't interested in Bad Wolf, all of a sudden are. That's understandable. That's how it goes. So we've got that from them there. But they followed it up with this, with a retweet of uh, of something from uh, Paste magazine. I don't know what Paste is. So I just thought it was interesting that, that they'd retweeted this, an article from Paste magazine, this is their writer Lacey MB on how Russell T Davis can help save Doctor Who a second time. Help save.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting, they're, they're isn't
0: it. So they're acknowledging that Doctor Who is yeah, struggling that it needs the life jacket Simon. So this yeah. is, and by retweeting it Bad Wolf are effectively supporting that nobody's picked up on it. You know, yeah. I, you could say that I'm looking too deeply into things here, but I think it's this isn't somebody's personal profile, that is a studio, that is a tick mark, that is them endorsing that article, saying, yeah, we're going to save Doctor Who. So we've got yeah. those, and then we've got a third here. This comes from Jane Tranter herself, off her own personal Twitter account. I thought this was quite interesting. Yeah, so what she's done is she's retweeted a post about the fact that it was 18 years since BBC One announced the return of Doctor Who. So Jane, who was involved in that, she was integral to that, she retweeted that and added, I've often been asked if I was anxious about making this decision. Talking about 2003 there. And I always say the same thing, that from the moment Russell T Davies came on board, I never had a moment's doubt something special was about to happen. The same is true today as it was then." That's not been widely picked up on. Not many people follow Jane in the community. Uh, I I would imagine that's probably changed by now from from when I, I made a note of that tweet. And you take it at face value, it's fairly simple. But I've been wondering since all this came to pass, guys. Russell T. Davis is the name above the door. He's a huge industry figure. He's probably Britain's greatest living screenwriter, certainly one of the very few that the British public can name. So it's understandable they've led with him. But I'm questioning now whether this was actually driven by that want to put Russell T Davies back in the big chair, that the first relationship, the first olive branch, or the first first communication on the subject of Doctor Who going to an independent was actually had with Russell T Davies. I can't believe that they spoke to Russell and he said, well, I know I'll only do it if I'm allowed to do it with Bad Wolf as an independent. It's one thing to say, I want to be in creative control. And it's another to say, I want to be in creative control. And I'm telling you which independent production company you've got to hand your biggest international drama brand to. I believe that Jane could be hinting here that actually that Bad Wolf they were on board first, that the BBC, the BBC Studios went to them, went to Julie Gardner, went to Jane Tranter, and asked them, would you take Doctor Who? What would you do with Doctor Who? We'd like you to run Doctor Who. And it was them that brought on Russell T. Davies. The moment he came on board, I never had a moment's doubt that something special was about to happen. The same is as true today. Now, you could say I'm reading into that, you could say but i think there's room for doubt there and it wouldn't surprise me if when the book is written on this particular chapter in doctor who history simon if it wasn't revealed that bad wolf were the first ones attached to the project all along and that they pulled in russell t davis because julie gardner and jane Trand had worked so successfully with him in the past they had the pull personally and professionally so what do you guys think about my reading of this Am I way off base? Is this just no, what I, I want to
1: believe? I think, I think you're potentially on, on point with that. My, my feeling possibly is that if, if Bad Wolf were talking to the BBC first, and that was where the, that initial contact was made, I wouldn't be at all surprised to discover when all of this comes out in the wash that the BBC said, the BBC are going to have been, maybe nervous isn't the right, way, the right word, uh, but they're going to have been mindful of passing, as Kyle has said, mindful of passing their one of their biggest brands, if not now, arguably well, no, not now. No, it's not their biggest brand now, but it certainly was. Potentially one of their brands to an independent production company. They're going to be mindful of what they're doing with that. So it could well be that actually what happened here was that, yeah, Bad Wolf started talking to the BBC and the BBC said, "Okay, we're nervous about this, but we will give the, the project to you, or, or you know, co-produce it with you, if you can get Russell T. Davis back. So I actually think in many ways this is kind of a menage à a trois. It's, it's, a, it's a dance of three going on here. It's Russell in one corner, it's 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 the BBC in another, and it's Bad Wolf in another. And I think they're probably. I can see. I think you're you're probably right, Dan. That the initial contact was maybe made with Badwolf rather than with Russell, uh, but then very, very quickly, very quickly, with, in those very, very early yeah, discussions, yeah, yeah. they would sense. have ended up now circling each other, and, and it's become a, 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 a three-way dance as to, to for it all to fall into place. Is my take,
2: Kyle? So, hearing you say that, because I've had some thoughts on this as well. The BBC took the risk of casting Jodie as a doctor, bringing in Chris Chibnall and it backfired. I could rec- go back to Comic-Con a few years ago when Jodie showed up at Con- Comic-Con and just was the pre- bell of the ball at Comic-Con. And the US was extremely excited for Doctor Who, who with Jodie and everything like that. And yes, the first episode did great numbers and then it was like it just plummeted from there. And I think a couple of things. The BBC is now looking at the cost of what it's going to cost to make Doctor Who, and I also think they went we, we, we are in legitimate trouble here. The only the, the question is going to be is who reached out to who? Did Bad Wolf reach out to the BBC and said, we can fix this? And the BBC says, well, how can you fix this? And are we, we're, why should we let you do this? And Bad Wolf goes, throws down the card. Here's Russell T. Davies. Let, let's yeah. do business. And it's, let, let's make this right. Or did the BBC reach out to Bad Wolf and say, hey, you know what, you guys, and they say, well, there's only one way this can be fixed. And I think I think Bad Wolf is responsible for pulling in Russell T. Davies. I truly I truly do believe that. Because I don't think Russell T. Davies just goes to the BBC and say, I'm gonna work with the BBC. That's it. He, I think I think having Bad Wolf involved was the P pe- was the piece to get Russell. Let's flip what you talked about, the pressure of saving Doctor Who. I am the man who not only saved Doctor Who once, I saved it twice.
1: Can you imagine it with
2: these people?
1: <laughs> I tell Can you yourself... what, I tell you what, Kyle. I tell you what. If if he does save Doctor Who, and I and 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 despite my misgivings, I'm, you know, I, he has every chance to do that. His career is going to go absolutely stratospheric. Uh, he will be, you know, be the biggest man on the planet in television. What the the one the one thing the one thing coming back to that whole issue about this pressure on him. The one thing that makes me think. I just wonder whether this all came from Russell first, was because of the amount of pressure on him, I almost think it's only the kind of thing you would agree to do if you had been the one that had, had the idea in the first place, in that if somebody had approached him and said, do you want to come and try and save Rus- uh, Dr. Who, Russell? His first thought it's going to be, no, 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 it's, it's too much pressure. So as to say, part of me just thinks the only reason anybody would actually be prepared to take on the job is if it had been your idea in the first place. So that's partially what makes me think, maybe Russell did say, maybe, maybe the BBC have been courting Russell again. It, maybe it's a, re- an, a direct repeat of 2004 whereby uh, Russell as as Dan you said most a lot of stuff most of stuff all stuff that he's done recently has been for, for Channel 4 I think.
0: Um, oh no actually still more for the BBC come to think of it years and years was and that the BBC? very British scandal were both on the BBC. Oh, okay,
1: then. So it's not because my theory was. Maybe oh, hang
0: on. No, but they were. They weren't BBC productions. No, no. I mean, now I come to think, they were made by the production company Red.
1: I think. I think you're right. Actually, I think you're right. So it is possible that maybe the BBC were courting uh, Russell to get him back again, and <laughs> maybe yeah. he did the ultimate and said, "I'll come back a second time if <laughs> you give me do it a second time." Maybe I don't
0: know. I, he was. He was could, also a key they, figure in the Doctor Who lockdown season last year that Emily Cook put together with all the Twitter watch-alongs and that yeah. exclusive material. It's possible that could have scratched an itch. And he has, you know, him, he and Julie Gardner and Jane Tranter, yeah, they're all close friends. I, they've probably yeah. had conversations over dinner. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised
2: to say, let's say five years from now, we look back at this moment as the moment that BBC started losing Doctor Who.
1: I think that's possible. I absolutely.
2: Have if, if Bad Wolf and Russell r- return Doctor Who to a new heights, with other things that are going on outside of the BBC with Doctor Who distribution and things like that, whether it's Bad Wolf in control or with Bad Wolf tied in with another company backing them, well, they finally pull pull Doctor Who away from the BBC to where the BBC is maybe a partner but not the power partner.
1: I think you could be right, Kyle, because the difficulty that the BBC now finds themselves in, by making the decision they've made, they, in effect, have handed responsibility of the show, maybe not full responsibility at this stage, but they've handed responsibility of the show to the three people that made it an enormous success 15 years ago. So, as a result, those three people, are clearly going to feel they have more um, ownership, for want of a better word, over the show, more a greater understanding of what makes the show work, and so the BBC's position is diluted. So you know, let's putting it bring it down to brass tacks. If there is an argument between the BBC and with the Bad Wolf camp, for want of a better word, which would be Russell, Jane, and Julie, if there is a tussle as to who the next Doctor should be, for example. You can't help thinking that the pull is going to come in the Bad Wolf direction because th- they, at the end of the day, do understand the show better than anybody else. And so what oh, I'm trying that to say it, is, that had the BBC, yeah, had the BBC given responsibility of the next series to a production company that hadn't? had no connection with Doctor Who and a showrunner that had no connection with Doctor Who, then it could have been a 50-50 even tussle. Now, very much, they have said, well, we're bringing in the people that, 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 that brought the show back to be a phenomenal success last time. So, obviously, the Bad Wolf camp holds more cards than the BBC do at this point. And so obviously are going to be able to pull more weight. So the BBC have put themselves on the back foot. They have put themselves in a vulnerable position by bringing in the three people who brought Doctor Who back in 2005. So the BBC really all have very little sway on what Doctor Who does from here on in.
2: I think it's I think it's an interesting thing and it's going to bear watching, especially if they pull this off.
0: And there's quite a long time until we hear any more, I suspect, not just because there is a kind of season of Doctor Who to come in the next few weeks and lots of other things going on, but simply because uh, Russell T. Davis is working on another show at the moment, which he's going to finish and get out before he goes back to, to actually creatively putting Doctor Who together. I would imagine that it's all coming together in business terms. Budgets are probably being set aside. Studio space may even be booked who knows maybe they're talking to directors i don't know that there's going to be a long period of time before we find out anything concrete i'm pretty cool with that but of course it's only natural that uh, attention is now turning to that question who who on earth could be in the tardis who's going to be stepping out of that box as the next incarnation of the doctor Be it on the uh, 60th anniversary special itself or in, in the series that follows because we don't know what creative decisions Russell T Davies is going to make there. And I'd say that for, for once, all bets are kind of off. Almost anything can happen, including maybe the return, the return of an old face. Kyle, you're a huge Matt Smith fan. He's loved in the States. In fact, I've heard yourself and various other people say several times He is the man, for most he is the Doctor. Is it possible that Matt Smith could return? Would you like that? And if not, who else have you got your eye on?
2: As far as Matt Smith returning, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said it was a distinct possibility, but now Matt Smith has become a Targaryen. So, <laughs> he's kind of... A, he's a little busy at the moment. Is However, he, though? Because people
0: have habits of dying very quickly in that in that fictional universe, uh, don't I, they?
2: I, well, I will understand that. But he's in one of the lead roles of that show, but again, with yeah. Game of Thrones. However, here's here we go again. He's doing an HBO show right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, I it's mean, sp- I, don't know, I don't know... I don't know... I don't know... I truly think, though, when we talk Matt Smith, I don't know if he would come back, but I do think we are in a position of our doctor could be like when Matt Smith was announced. And a lot of people were going, who? Matt Matt Smith was a genuine, for the most part, unknown going into yes. do- playing the doctor. And I, I would not be surprised if Russell T. Davies doesn't pull a power move and say, yep they were, we're, we're going that way again that way there is no pressure there, that that actually relieves some of the pressure if he goes with an unknown instead of some big name and then you've got you got Russell Tier's with this person. you're just adding to the pressure. if he goes with an unknown that gives him a flexibility <laughs> That's true. and there is a there's a curiosity from the Doctor Who fan base to say what have we got here?
1: The difficulty so, is, of course, I, th- I, I think you're. I, I don't think for a second Matt Smith would would would. Um be cast. Uh, he might want to come back. I don't think there's a, there's a chance that Russell would cast him as the Doctor again because let's not forget he wasn't one of Russell's Doctors. Um, Russell didn't cast him to begin with, and so I don't think he would want to to you know for for no reason at all other than that. Why would you want to work with with a Doctor that another showrunner had cast? Um, it's difficult, isn't it, Kyle? Because on the, uh, yeah, which way does he go? Does he go for a complete unknown? Which which in many ways interests me far more than, than a known name or or do you go for the safer option in a way which is yeah cast a really well-known name so that it's almost a guarantee of the set of the success of the show that's the difficult call they've now they, they will be I think in this difficult position themselves of thinking yeah do we go with kind of somebody who is less well known that we kind of think we our gut reaction is they're the right person for the role? Or do they play it safe and go for that well-known name um, that that that, or, as I say, is almost a cast-iron guarantee that the show will then work be a success.
2: I wish there was a way, and I, I think it's just near to impossible because there would be too many eyes <laughs> on it. I would love for it to be: we don't know who the doctor is until it, the doctor regenerates oh. on our TV. I agree, right Kyle. Then and there.
1: I would love to see that. I've always thought, why do they not do that? I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to not even know that the doctor's going to leave. You, you know, again, that would be just brilliant to not but know I, I,
2: if, if 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 we are going in that direction, I mean, this is the time to do something like that. Yeah, I agree. Now, if there if there's any component of the Chibnall run that I would like to see, if they're going to carry over, if he's going to carry over anything at least as kind of a bridge to to tie, t- tie up some loose ends or something like that, depending on how Chibnall closes this out. And that's a big question. I think... I'm wondering if there's not going to be some mandates from BBC on Chibnall with some of the stuff he's done. It's like, Timeless Children, you've got to close everything out before you go. Put all the toys back in the to. box.
0: I suspect he was carpeted over this. I mean, I I do believe... You know, we've said this on the show several times already, and I do believe that the man was simply fired. I think it was that... Simple. Get it all in creative order as quickly as you can, and leave. I think there's a wildcard piece in this, though. I think it's something that a lot of
2: people universally agree is maybe one of the few bright spots in the Chimney run. Is Sasha Darwin as the master. I agree. This whole endless children and everything like that, this could so easily be written as a plot of the master to mess with Uh, the doctor. He's
0: he's their get-out course, the unreliable narrator, they call that story. Absolutely. absolutely.
2: This is is break glass in case of emergency kind of situation.
1: And that's that's what we've always said, that, yeah, and it's what I've always believed, it was that it was a trick by the master. I think, again, personally, it would be a mistake to, to do that, simply because, again, you are then a, 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 a line, aligning yourself with a failed era yes. And so I think again from Russell's point well, of view' gonna be like no I want nothing to um, do
0: I want to remind you guys and everybody everybody listening and watching out there that nobody watched
1: the timeless children anyway so maybe it doesn't matter actually well, maybe you can bring Sasha yeah. Sasha back because nobody would remember anyway the well, interesting, well, but,
2: but here, here's my idea though and I, I don't remember this another time happening why don't we have the doctor and the master both regenerate at the same
1: time oh so we that be cool. that'd be cool the thing the thing that i think is interesting really <laughs> with that with that 60th year and i, I must be honest i had not heard and i didn't realize that, that that uh so far the only thing that's happening is a 60th anniversary special um, in 2023. I I didn't realise that had been announced. I didn't know know whether we were getting a series, whether we were getting a number of specials, didn't know. Either way, what I do think is interesting is if, you're correct and it is just one special at the moment, that's what's happening in 2023, is a single special. It's difficult, isn't it? What do you do? Do you, and, and this actually is probably what I would do, do a special, as I said right at the top of the show, which just concentrate, which is which is a nostalgic special. You don't cast a new Doctor in 2023. The new Doctor doesn't appear until 2024, probably at the, the end. The thought um, had it, crossed it, my mind as well. I was end, gonna... at the end of the anniversary special. That's the, that's the point that we we need the new Doctor. The end of the anniversary. Special I think
0: later. that is possible. And I've been sitting on this idea for a little while now, for a couple of months. I have an idea, and this is before Russell entered the equation if i was to have put a 60th anniversary special together it's kind of what i'd have done and i think it would have been an ideal opportunity to focus on to bring back a character and to put her at the center of it make her doctor who's equivalent of judy dench her character m in the bond films i'd have i'd have brought back carol ann ford and i'd have put susan foreman oh. at the center of that special to sum up everything that doctor who had been in the last Gosh. 60 years And to move that on, gentlemen, I think we'll have to pick up this conversation another time for another creative conversation. Because that is the old girl starting up and calling time on this trip in the TARDIS. Now, I'll be back with another Type 40 soon. Look out for that wherever you found this. It could have been at the dedicated home to Type 40. You can stream or download us, type40.podbean.com right there. Or you can also find us on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and more places added by the week. We're also still on the Fandom Podcast Network's Master Feed with all those other shows that you heard about earlier on. There's treats for your ears on the daily over there. And maybe you'd like your say in all of this nonsense have we got it all completely wrong? Is all this conspiracy theory and nonsense, or do you think we're onto something with Kyle's various ideas, Simon being on point there and being a little bit more brutal, and me with my nonsense and reading into this, that, and the other? What do you think of it all? Get in touch at Instagram or Twitter at Type40DoctorWho, or you can email us, type 40 Doctor Who at gmail.com. Come and find us on Facebook in the Type40 Facebook group. That's full of companions from all over the world and i suspect a few other worlds too sharing talking and arguing now and again about all things time and space kyle what are you up to lately we heard about the 2 edition of culture clash earlier on but where else can people hear you and interact with you
2: um well of course anything to do with the fandom podcast network of course our master feed is fpnet.podbean.com um We've got big things coming up with uh, True Believers, our newest show where we're covering everything with the MCU. We're getting ready to wrap up What If with as its season finale comes up. We're going to fill in some of the gap between the end of What If and this, when Eternals comes out. We're going to start our chronological rewatch of the Infinity Saga, starting with Captain America, the first Avenger. And we're going to, not on any set timetable, but go through that <laughs> amazing thing once again and kind of give our thoughts not only about the film, but now that we have that full picture and how it fits in as a puzzle piece to that saga, so we're going to try to take a little bit of a different look at it. Plus, the other stuff that Marvel's got coming, including oh, yeah. the very show, I'm very excited about Hawkeye, because Hawkeye looks like it's going to be a ton of fun on Disney Plus. Of course, that, when does that know, start, for, Kyle? That that starts uh, November 24th, I believe, right before Thanksgiving here in the States. Also, too, we're, we got Star Trek getting ready to k- kick up into full gear again with Discovery in November. I'm personally very excited for Strange New Worlds in 2022. We're going to be covering all that with our Union Federation podcast. Um, Star Wars, we just put, we're just going to be putting out an episode next week covering the latest Star Wars Visions anime project, which to me was something that warmed my heart greatly, being an anime fan myself. So we got a lot of stuff going on at the Fandom Podcast. and we're, Plus, some, some guy named Hadley doing stuff for, with Doctor Who on type 40 i i got a call from george
0: hadley something about wanting to take over dan i'm just i'm just letting you know <laughs> yeah you gotta watch out for him uh, simon where can people hear more from
1: you if they want to hear any more from me they can go and find me on the, on facebook under the hoonetics page um and you can come and say hello there please don't come and tell me i'm all terribly wrong about russell t davis i know i've heard it all before i'm fine i can i can live with the fact that i know i'm out there on my own it's cool
0: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as The Space even, where I am wheezing, groaning, posting, ranting, but mostly raving about whatever catches my eye, my imagination, or both in the whole of popular culture. Come and look me up over there. And, yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for your company, and thank you for listening we always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, so much to look forward to, so much to talk about, so much to think about. But that is it this time. Yes, so take care. Speak soon. Bye-bye.